morning, family. Well, today is an interesting day. It's Trinity Sunday. It's the only Sunday on the Christian calendar dedicated to a theological idea. Today, we remind ourselves that we believe in a God who is one, yet three. We can know God three ways, but he is one God. It's a tricky concept to understand. In fact, it's hard not to commit heresy when trying to describe or define the Trinity. And yet, there it is. Well, let's wade in and see what we can learn today, all right? We're in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Hear the word of the Lord. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had said they would find him. There they met him and worshipped him, but some of them weren't sure it really was Jesus. He told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the world. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. Let me start today by making a shocking statement. Are you ready? Here it is. God is unprofessional. Our God is really unprofessional. Is that heresy? Well, let me explain. I went to the doctor the other day. It's one of those medical practices where there are multiple healthcare providers. You know how it goes. Sometimes you get assigned to someone that you haven't seen before. Or when your doctor is out, another one steps in to take their place, right? So I had an appointment, and I met with someone new, someone I had never seen before. And as we talked, we discovered that we have many mutual friendships. Well, we both live in Delaware, after all. So we reconstructed my medical history, we reviewed all my medications, and we did all that kind of stuff. And as we were finishing up, she said to me, because we know many of the same people, anything we share or say in this room stays in this room. In other words, we're going to keep this professional. There will be boundaries, and I appreciate that. Come to think of it, my accountant said the same thing to me. What we discuss in this office stays in the office. And that's a good thing, right? You want your doctor or lawyer or accountant or therapist to be professional, don't you? We want people handling the important data and details of our lives to be professional and to keep proper boundaries and distances, don't we? We need limits. I'd be a little uncomfortable if my doctor asked me about my tax return. And I'd be bothered if my accountant started asking me about my hernia, right? So professional limits, professional boundaries are necessary, and they're good, aren't they? But do you want to know someone who is not professional? It's God. God is definitely not professional, at least in the way we understand it. And I think that's the point of Trinity Sunday. When we understand God in the orthodox Christian way of understanding God, we know him as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? Father, Son, 
spirit. Now, in the old days, God was distant, wasn't he? People only knew God in one way. God used to be like a CEO who sits protected and insulated in his corner office. If you want to see the CEO, you got to go through his secretary. And if you don't have an appointment, she's not going to let you in. Are you with me? God lived in his heaven and all was right with the world. But then God delivered his people from slavery in Egypt. Then he instructed them to build a tabernacle so that he could live with them. And while he was closer, they maintained a professional relationship. The great unknowable one stayed in his lane and we stayed in ours, right? If you needed him, if you wanted to have access to him, then there were steps that you had to follow. It was nice and neat and, well, in a word, professional. God was near yet distant. On rare occasions, though, he reached out. There were times when he appeared to people in dreams or in other mysterious ways. But those were exceptions rather than the rule. But then, one starry night in a little town called Bethlehem, everything changed. God, in the form of a baby, came to us. He became one of us. He was called Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. All of a sudden, the professional distance had been compromised. Now God lived in our world. Jesus breathed our air and ate our food. He experienced our pains and he felt our disappointments. He was one of us. But as amazing as that was, this new arrangement had its limits, didn't it? Jesus could only be in one place at one time. When he was in Galilee, he wasn't in Judea. When he was in Jerusalem, he wasn't in Nazareth, right? One place at one time. Now, back in the Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah told us that God was distant and removed, that his thoughts were higher than our thoughts and his ways were not our ways. And the implication was we could never personally know God, right? But then we discovered with the arrival of Jesus that God isn't afraid to get his hands dirty. He didn't stay in an ivory tower. He came to our neighborhood. Ever since November and the beginning of the season of Advent, we have relived the story of the life of Jesus. We've gone from the Father's promise to the birth, death, resurrection, and ascension of the Son. Then last week, we looked at the Holy Spirit coming and filling God's people. That's what we call Pentecost. So what does this Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, mean for us? Well, I maintain that the Trinity is proof of God's unprofessionalism. The unknowable one who dwelt at a distance insisted on being known. So he drew close to us by sending Jesus to be our flesh and blood. But with Pentecost, God the Father and God the Son have sent God the Spirit to dwell with each and every one of us. The Spirit lives with us no matter where we are or who we are. God the Spirit, who has the same nature as God the Father and God the Son, lives with us so that we can know the unknowable. Now we can experience God personally. You see, God doesn't want to be unknown. He wants to be known. God doesn't want to be distant. He longs to be near and present with us. God loves you no matter what. And so he reveals himself as Father, Son, and Spirit, Holy Parent, Holy Child, Holy Ghost, Creator, Savior, Comforter.
The other day I came across these words that speak of God's desire to be close to us. The worst thing we ever did was put God in the sky out of reach, pulling the divinity from the leaf, sifting out the holy from our bones, insisting God isn't bursting dazzlement through everything we've made a hard commitment to see as ordinary, stripping the sacred from everywhere to put in a cloud man elsewhere, prying closeness from your heart. The worst thing we ever did was take the dance and the song out of prayer, made it sit up straight and cross its legs, removed it of rejoicing, wiped clean its hip sway, its questions, its ecstatic yowl, its tears. The worst thing we ever did is pretend God isn't the easiest thing in this universe, available to every soul in every breath. God is not distant. And maybe the worst thing we've done is think and tell others that he is. As Harkin wrote, he's the easiest thing in this universe. God is not uncaring and cold. God is warm, loving, and close to us, available to every soul in every breath. God is not professional. Fortunately for us, he is unprofessional. When God gives, he doesn't know when to stop. When God loves, he doesn't know when to quit. He has no limits. He wants to be known. He wants to be near us, with us, and in us. I was looking back through my notes the other day and noticed that last year on Trinity Sunday, we talked about God inviting us to dance. I love that imagery. God wants to dance with us. And you can only dance together when you're close, right? So if you hear anything today, hear this. God loves you so much that he wants to be close to you. And he does that by giving us his spirit to live in us and with us. Now he is with us always, even to the end of the age. And that, my friends, is tremendously good news today. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle Father, Thank you for wanting to be close to us. Thank you for drawing near to us. Thank you for allowing us to know you. You have called us to share the good news of your love with everyone around us. Give us your guidance and strength as we seek to fulfill this mission. We pray for boldness to speak your truth, for compassion to love those around us, and for wisdom to discern the needs of those that we encounter. We lift up to you those who have not come to know you yet, and those who are struggling with their faith. We pray that your spirit would move in their hearts and lead them to a personal relationship with Jesus. We also ask for you to comfort and to give peace to those who are suffering, whether physically, emotionally, or spiritually. May they find strength and healing in your loving presence. You made us out of love, and you created us to love. So help us to love others, others who don't look like us, others who don't vote like us, others who don't believe like us, others who don't speak like us, others who don't do anything the way that we do. Help us to love no matter what. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you. I really do appreciate you joining me today. I hope these words were helpful to you. And if they were, will you like, review, and share this episode? If you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and benefit from these thoughts. By the way, if you have a need or prayer request, please leave a message in the comment section, and then be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. Now, this week, your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love, and everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what, right? Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now, receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.